We light the first candle in Advent, the candle of hope. We can have hope because God is faithful and will keep the promises he made to us. Our hope comes from God. Romans chapter 15 verses 12 to 13. And the prophet Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Waiting for the appointment, waiting for a bed, waiting for the test results, waiting in my head, waiting for the calendar, waiting for the plane to depart, waiting at the arrival's gate, waiting in my heart, waiting for an update, waiting for restrictions lifted, waiting for a vaccine, waiting in unprecedented, waiting for apocalypse, waiting for my rule, waiting for an answer, waiting in my soul. The world is instant, patience unusual, and in the waiting, Emmanuel. God is great, but God is gradual. And in the waiting, Emmanuel. It is the first Sunday of Advent. We've lit the candle and I am excited because November is almost behind us. The month that I resign every single year. So bad luck, I didn't. We welcome you to our first Advent service. We will be heading now hurtling towards Christmas morning and we have some exciting stuff lined up for the online services as we go towards Christmas. We're also hoping that maybe we could send out a song every day of Advent. We're going to start in the morning and we're going to put that up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram if we can. I'm 59, don't understand the Instagram thing. But we're going to send these out just as little three to four minute signs of hope in a world this particular Christmas that really needs it. So as a missional act, you can just retweet, reshare, send it on and get people listening uh, to some lovely songs and maybe some poems, some readings that would just give them that good news of Christmas. I'm also encouraging radical acts of Christmas. This is a year just to do very simple things for people in your neighbourhood, for people that you know in your family. It's going to be a difficult year. Drop something at their door, write them a letter, send them a text. Let's make sure that we do these radical acts of Christmas this particular year among all other years. There are rumours that the government are going to give us vouchers. Um, I've heard rumours of little cards that we're going to get and we're going to have vouchers of uh, maybe up to £200. Now some people are already saying to me that I think the vouchers, I think one of they did this in Jersey and one of the things was to spend locally and they give you this voucher, it keeps the economy going. Um, some people have said to me that they don't need the £200 voucher but that they will use the voucher and then they will give the equivalent money to some sort of charity. If you were interested in doing that and you didn't know what charity to give it to, we in Fitzroy are encouraging you to just send that to us. Um, there's ways on the website to give. If you're not a member of Fitzroy, if you're a member of Fitzroy the way you normally give, just 
get in touch with uh, Flo, tell her you're going to do this. That's going to go into our mission fund and that mission fund will impact people's lives both here and right across the world. Uh, we haven't been able to have our Lunches for Tear Fund and Christian Aid this year, for instance, because of COVID. So this would be a way to supplement the money that we would normally get during the year. Um, so that money coming from the government, if you feel you don't need it, uh, spend the voucher that you get. And if you want to give the money to Fitzroy, we will be um, very uh, clever and very strategic in uh, getting that to people who need it. Thank you so much. One of the wonderful things as we look across, I can't wait to be truthful. I, I just want to talk about the baby arriving now. Uh, in the Catholic Church, they don't put the baby uh, in the nativity scene until Christmas morning. I have him in there right now. So so you're going to have to forgive me for my impetuousness all in a sermon when I'm going to be talking about how in a world of instant gratification, we need to learn to wait. Maybe it's the preacher this week that needs to hear the sermon. But uh, I'm very excited about the idea that when we come to that Christmas morning, it's shepherds out in the fields, the equivalent of those around Slavish, out in the fields, dirty and mucky, haven't slept, not with very high esteem in the community. And Eastern stargazers who didn't have the scriptures were just all kinds of mystical. Those are the ones that Jesus says, come as you are, right into this manger scene. So it's a wonderful news for humanity that the God who was the Holy of Holies is now sent to shepherds and stargazers, yep, to you and even me, to come as we are and approach him in worship. Let's do that right now.
As we wait for the Christ child to come, let us pray. Almighty God, we approach you and we worship you as the omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent God. And yet as we wait for your arrival in this Advent season, we cannot help but be provoked by something. Something out of kilter, amiss and askew. Lord, instead of a throne of heaven, we are aware of a manger of straw. Instead of robed religious dignitaries, we are aware of cattle, sheep and shepherds straight from the fields. Instead of theology graduates and gowns, we are aware of mystical eastern stargazers. And even more bizarre, and even more disturbing, we are aware of the people of God who should know better, who know enough to search the scriptures to find the truth of such events, using their knowledge not to approach in worship, but to flood the streets of David's city with the blood of innocent children and babies, and sending the long-awaited and yearned-for Messiah fleeing his life to Egypt as a refugee. God, as we wait for you this Christmas, may we ponder what those who had the scriptures did with the truth. And Lord, as we wait for you this Christmas, we wait for a God who emptied himself, who willingly gave up his rights, who sacrificed his comforts, who made himself nothing and left himself vulnerable. God, as we wait for such wonder, such mystery, such an up and down view of the world, inspire us in the waiting. Help us to ask ourselves, why? Give us a snippet of history's greatest refrain, the greatest news to be sung to humanity, that God so loved the world that he demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, he was born and lived and died and raised to life again. So God, as we begin our waiting today, we are acutely aware of a God who gave up everything. So Lord, help us in our waiting to lean in closely. Because Lord, if we listen, we will hear you whisper back from the straw of the manger, from the refugee road to Egypt, from the seashore of no reputation, from the mountain of the sermon, from the journey to Calvary, from a cross of wood. If we listen, we will hear you say, follow me, follow me, follow me. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. You are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. God, as we wait on your incarnation this Christmas, give us the courage and the bravery to follow you, to give our lives, to be servants of others. God, we thank you for the wonder of the poetry and art and transforming power of Advent. For the birth that inspired readings and carols that we will ponder on these weeks ahead. Lord, we ask as we begin our waiting that you would make these words flash in us. That we might move in to the neighbourhood. We pray in the baby we await's name. Amen.
Corinthians 1, 3-9 Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into his fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Advent. I love Advent. I am the secretary of Christmas for all the year round. And can I just say this year, I've decided I have loads of stuff written on Christmas and I'm going to try and put them into some order and who knows, maybe make them into a little book. And I I was thinking this week that I got my first uh, first line. I was on with Father Martin McGill, uh, who's feeling a lot better and thank you for uh, the prayers you've uh, shared for him. Um, And I was saying that uh, for me, I would love Christmas all the year round. I'm the secretary of that particular organisation. And he said, oh, that's very Martin Luther. And um, I said, oh, really, is it? And he said, yes, as far as I know, Martin Luther um, was into that idea that we should be celebrating Christmas all the year round. And I said, well, that's funny, because up until now, until a Catholic priest told me it was Martin Luther, I thought it was wizard, and I wish it could be Christmas every day. So I think that's a good opening line for a book, and who knows, maybe that'll happen over the course of this Christmas as I try to put some of that together. Advent, I love it, and Advent is all about the waiting And I am with Tom Petty, the songwriter who we sadly lost just a couple of years ago, who had a song called The Waiting is the Hardest Part. The Waiting is the Hardest Part. I have a friend uh, who talked about the need for 50 words for waiting, like the Eskimos have 50 words for snow. And I was trying to put that into... Um, my poem at the outset of the service just after the lighting of that first candle. It's those different waitings that we have. The waitings that we have if we're ill and we're waiting to get an appointment with the doctor. We're maybe waiting for test results to come back. We're maybe waiting for a bed in the hospital. We're maybe waiting to go into theatre. We're maybe waiting to see how we are when we come out of theatre. Those are all very different kinds of waiting. Or the Christmas waiting, the months is, is waiting for Jasmine to get on the plane and to fly home and to be at the arrival's gate. And and, and that's a different kind of waiting. There's a, there's a waiting with children, isn't there, that we, we cannot wait for Christmas morning and we cannot wait to see what's underneath the tree. That was always the most awful wait during Christmas for me. And if I, if I got a gift before Christmas, I wasn't allowed to unwrap it till Christmas Day and I found that really, really difficult. The waiting is the hardest part. And then maybe in our spiritual lives, we're waiting for an answer to prayer or we're waiting for God to give us guidance or we're waiting for God to break in and and there's a difficulty in waiting. And then we're going through it at the moment. We're waiting for some good news at the end of this lockdown. We're waiting for some good news in 2021. We're we're waiting for the vaccine to be declared okay. We're waiting for it to be ruled out. We're waiting for the, the impact of it to be seen in our lives. We're waiting for that someday there will be a gathering in Fitzroy and we'll all be squeezed into that welcome area and boy will we appreciate it more than we ever did before. The waiting, the waiting is the hardest part and Advent is all about the waiting. It's a time in our Christian year, time in our calendar when we wait on the birth of Jesus. And actually, if you take the Advent to what it really means, we're looking, we're waiting for the birth of Jesus. We're waiting for Jesus to do something within our own lives. And we're waiting for that second coming of Jesus as well. That's all tied up in this idea of Advent. And the Advent readings for today 
were fascinating because I was sometimes I'm struggling to find um, one kind of paracope that would be uh, attraction to me. But today or this week, I, I had I had three or four, and I want to take you through three of them. And as I take you through these three passages, we're going to learn different things about waiting. The one that I got Deborah to read earlier is First um, Corinthians chapter 1. And the reason I went for that as the one to be read is that it fit it perfectly with last week's Ephesians chapter 1. Here's Paul uh, again in chapter 1 of one of his letters uh, speaking too pastorally and prayerfully to the congregation that he's writing to. And just a wee thing, and I know that Christmas we have enough readings to be getting on with, but maybe it might be uh, something for you to do as a little homework, to, to read. Sometimes when we when we do Bible studies, um, when we want to get into the meat of Paul's letters, we can bypass these little greetings, and we can miss a lot of wonderful stuff, both pastorally and theologically, if we miss those greetings. So I thought it would be just after doing Ephesians 1 last week, be nice to do 1 Corinthians 1, 3-9 this week. And we find in there that, that well, there's here's a church that's in a, that's in a bit of bother. There's all kinds of different things that Paul's trying to communicate with that little church that, 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 he, that he founded. And, and he's writing them letters to try and deal with the issues that that are there it's it's not an easy time in corinth in the church and but paul says to them in verse 7 therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our lord jesus christ to be revealed he will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of the lord jesus christ so there's a, a few things right there that's a three point sermon in itself they're waiting eagerly for our lord jesus christ so so they're in this waiting this waiting for the second coming and in the waiting for the second coming there's two things that i just read in these verses uh, to you there one that we've got every spiritual gift we need to get through the waiting and secondly that god is going to be faithful to us as we wait those are good things to know we've got spiritual gifts to see us through this period and God is going to be faithful in the waiting as we eagerly await. Isaiah chapter 64, uh, the people of God have come back from exile, but it hasn't been just what they expected. Now, can I give us a little bit of a warning here? When this vaccine's rolled out, and one day there will be a gathering, we're not going to snap back easily to where we were last March. I think we would have had it lasted three weeks or two months but now that we're eight months in, there's different things happening. I have a friend who's a novelist and, and uh, she usually writes in cafes. And um, and so this week she went out to write in a cafe after not being able really to write in cafes for a period of time. And she only lasted maybe 20 minutes and had to go home again because her whole psyche had changed in lockdown. She was thinking differently than, and, and putting up with things differently than she was before. There's going to be changes. And the people of God, when they come back from their time in Babylon, this was the case. They were expecting something and it didn't work out exactly as they wanted it to or as quickly as they wanted it to. And here in Isaiah chapter 64, they're praying for the heavens to be rendered open 
uh, used to go to a prayer meeting in First Antrim and we had an elder, a wonderful elder, a wonderful prayer warrior and he used to pray almost every Friday morning, Lord, rend the heavens and come down. That's exactly what the people of God are wanting in Isaiah 64. They're waiting for something to happen and they want God to do something spectacular and God has been doing spectacular things for the people of God in the Old Testament for centuries. So they are expecting God to do great things. But it doesn't happen immediately. And here was the most wonderful line in all of my reading of commentaries this week. This line on the commentary of Isaiah 64, you said these words, and I will come back to these words, believe me, not only in my own life, but you will hear them endlessly in sermons. Just one sentence. God is great, but God is gradual. Oh my goodness. God is great, but God is gradual. And if you're reading Isaiah 64 and the people of God are being impatient, they want God to act and they want God to act now. God is great and he could do it. But God is gradual. And we've got to keep those two things in tension. God could have had the baby Jesus arriving weeks or months after the fall of humanity at the start of Genesis. But he didn't. There was hundreds of years. There was a story. God was gradual. Jesus could have been one of those that sacrificed their lives at the hands of Herod. How much more powerful emotionally would it be for the preacher to be able to say it was a baby that was sacrificed for our lives? God was great, but God was gradual. When Jesus was on the cross, he could have come down from the cross, but even the two days before he, on the third day, rose to life, God was gradual. God has been gradual through the church. God has been gradual through my life. And here's the thing about it. God is great and God is gradual might be a very prophetic statement into the world that we live in because I would suggest that 2020, I would suggest that these early decades of the 21st century are the decades when the world is most instant gratification. Think about it. Think about it. We can text somebody and if they don't answer in 10 minutes we think they're dead or they don't like us. We can have instant communication. We can not only phone people on the other side of the world, but we can FaceTime them. I remember in Deravolgi, and it is maybe 15 years ago, but I was talking to one of the students and I was still buying CDs. Well, at that time I was doing a radio show and I didn't have to buy many CDs because they were coming in in boxes for me to play on the show. But I was still on CDs and I remember saying to him that uh, he'd just started buying on Amazon and getting them sent and I said oh I you're a bit of a you're a bit of an Amazon fan he said oh no Steve I'm into iTunes (laughs) and so what we'd had we'd moved from getting uh going out to buy a CD or a record to not even having it posted to us the next day but when a single comes out of the X Factor or the voice winner we can download it immediately at midnight instant gratification Everything we need in the world can be instant. And that is not good for the human psyche. It is not good for how we grow patience within our lives. And so when we come here to God is great, but God is gradual, and God will give us these times of waiting, then Advent can become like a spiritual classroom, a spiritual retreat 
for us to grow the habit of patience in a world that has got instant gratification. And maybe in some levels of church life, maybe in some areas of the church, we want the instant hit. Heal me now. Oh, God is great. But God is gradual. And God is gradual because we maybe need to learn things in the preparation for when the greatness arrives or we need something working within our lives that we need dealt with. The waiting. The waiting's important for the people of God because the waiting is a spiritual discipline all of itself. And then Mark 13, the gospel reading for today. We find that in Mark 13, Jesus is talking about the apocalypse. He's talking about the second coming. And in that particular reading from 24 through to 37, if you want to read it after the service, you will find that Jesus uses a word four times. The word is watch. In verse 36 of Mark 13, it says, If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. In the waiting, God wants us to watch, to be alert. To be alert to all kinds of things, I think. To be alert to what's happening in the world around us. To be alert to where the presence of God might work in the world around us. To be alert to how the scriptures might impact the world around us. This is about living through the waiting with a real acute alertness to how God works, where God works and where God is and where God wants us to be. It's Advent. We're in this period of waiting. Let me call it a retreat for a month of waiting. And God wants us to do, I think, very quickly, three things that I've already mentioned in that waiting. Number one, the waiting becomes a discipline all of itself. We begin to develop the patience of waiting. We begin to realise that if God is great and gradual, then perhaps the decisions we make in our lives could be a little bit more gradual. We could take a little bit more time over it. Father Martin and I, and many decisions we make in all the different aspects of the work we do, we will end many, many conversations with, okay, let's marinate that. Oh, we could make a decision, but God is great and God is gradual. And I think we have to have that same character of God where we're more gradual, where in our waiting we grew this habit of patience and pondering and getting ready. For the greatness of God to break in. We need to wait. And we need to learn how to wait. And we need to use the waiting for our discipleship. We need to be awake. We need to be aware what is happening in COVID-19 world. What's happening in 2020? What are the things that have happened? What are the changes that are being made? What are the things we can learn? What are the things we should toss out from the old normal? What are the things we need to get back when we get into the new normal? What are the things we've learned in this unprecedented time? We've heard that word so many times. What are the things we've learned through that? We need to be alert to where God is in the moment. Where God is in this season of history. We need to be awake. We need to be listening to the scriptures. Wrestling with the scriptures. Wrestling with the news. Working out where God is. Where God wants us. And what God wants us to do. 
And that's the last one. In the waiting, we need to be at work. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 tells us that we have all the spiritual gifts we need for the waiting. We have all the spiritual gifts we need for the waiting of the Christ child to come. We have all the spiritual gifts in the waiting for God coming fully into our lives. We have all the spiritual gifts we need as we wait for the second coming. And we have all the spiritual gifts we need as we wait for a vaccine. And what God's given us spiritual gifts for is for the working. For radical acts of Christmas. Radical acts of Christmas. Let me encourage you as I have done over the last couple of weeks. Let us wait in this space and use the waiting time. Use the time that God has given us before a vaccine comes. For the purposes that he might want to now use this for. Let us wait. And in the waiting let us realise that we, if we're awake and alert enough, can find opportunities in this waiting, can find possibilities and potential in this waiting for how we can work out our discipleship and our mission at this time. The waiting, it's the hardest part, but it might only be the hardest part because we haven't grown the discipline of waiting and patience in our own lives. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit, is it not? In the waiting, there are opportunities. In the waiting, God tells us to watch. God tells us to be alert. God tells us to work. And he says, in the waiting, I've given you all the spiritual gifts that you need. And I will be faithful to you in the waiting. Oh, I am great. I am great. But I am gradual. So be gradual along with me. As we all wait for the baby's birth on December the 25th. Thank you.
thank you again for watching the Fitzroy online service. I'm not sure we in Northern Ireland are under a specific lockdown at the moment. Wherever you are in England, Scotland, Wales, you might be under different tiers or different restrictions and across the world too. That means we can't meet in person today, but let's have a virtual coming together now as we pray over each other in the waiting. Yes, in the waiting for the baby Jesus. Yes, in the waiting for Christ to be revealed in our lives. Yes, in the waiting of Jesus to come again, even in the waiting of vaccine and a light to shine in the darkness of 2020. Let's pray a prayer over one another as we do that in Paul's benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.